Do you speak Spanish, Terry? Ah, poquito, or are you very fluent? Okay. Jose served in Belize, him and Bebs served in Belize how many years? Sixteen years their family served in Belize, a beautiful, beautiful place in the Caribbean. And now they are the, uh, the leaders of the Caribbean School of Theology and uh, over at Global University and uh, president of that now and has worked here in town uh, with that ministry. I have gone to help Terry and teach, and, and he's used me and allowed me to go and help teach uh, the gospel, the word of God around the Caribbean and Latin America. And uh, so they are our missionaries for many, many years since he came. But what you don't know is maybe that Melissa and I knew Terry when we were just uh, without children. We were just a young little married couple, CBC students back in 19 and none of your business. <laughs> no, it's 1989. We came and Terry and Baz was there. Uh, you had babies then, didn't you? Okay. Yeah. So none of our babies were born yet. Uh, uh, their first one was born in 90. Our first one was born in 91. And uh, and then we went to Louisiana. But we, uh, along with the Clays and others, were together at Peace Chapel with uh, the Castleberries. Great friends, great leaders, great missionaries. And he's come to preach the gospel today at Old Grove. He's no stranger. Would you help me welcome Terry Castleberry and Babs? God bless you and your family. I'm sure he's going to brag on all of his grandkids and all of that. Mine are out of town. Otherwise, I'd brag too. Praise the Lord. Ah, oh, what a joy to be here with you today. Uh, I do have my family with me. It's kind of unusual because when we itinerate, we're gone so far, and they always sort of stick here near their home churches. But I pulled them out of theirs today, so don't tell nobody, all right? Uh, listen, my wife, Barbara, would you please stand up and say hello, Babs? Amen. Amen. And then uh, Krista and Josh. Krista's the oldest that was born in, in 90. So Krista and Josh stand up. And they got married. And their two kids are down in your children's church today. And so I love Krista and Josh. And then Kelsey married Rob, Robbie Helfer's son. And so she's here with, and her one child is down. Well, she's got two children, but one is downstairs. And, and so I'm just glad to have my family with us today. Uh, of course, we're going to go out to eat after this. And, and, and you know who's going to pay. Every mom and dad in here laugh because, you know, when you go out with your kids, we got to pay. But I'm looking forward to that day whenever I'm on a fixed income and they take me out to eat. Won't that be a joyful day? Can we sing one chorus of glad day, a wonderful day? That's about, it's about heaven, ain't it? Not about your kids paying. Uh, how many of y'all were really happy whenever all your kids finally got their own jobs and started supporting themselves? Amen. Wasn't that a happy day? Oh, all right, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Uh, <laughs> I am going to talk about money, Pastor. It's okay, because you know what? I feel good in here today, and I'm going to talk about money. But listen, don't get nervous because you already support me. I've already got it, so I've already got it. So just say, oh, good, good, he's one of those. And, uh, and I, but I do want to talk about uh, being faithful to God. And, and I'm giving you a thanks today in a, in a, a very clear way scripturally here. I want to say thank you today. And then I want to tell you some of the things that your money has put to, brought to pass, all right? And so just there's this uh, verse in the Bible where it talks about 
sowing in soil, and some, and it talks about some soil produces this much and this much and this much, you know, uh, percentage-wise. And uh, I want you to know today, I hope and pray that you feel like you've uh, sowed in fertile soil. And I would like to tell you of some of the increase that your church, and then you particularly, especially, I mean, if you're supporting missions, and, and even if you're supporting your church, because I know many times the church has to take money out of this to put it over there to support missions. I've been there. I understand. I've passed it for 10 years. And, uh, and so we just want to say thank you today. And so I'm going to start reading out of uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8. Now, it's not a verse that you hear very often unless you are at a Light for the Lost rally or a Speed the Light rally because this is a good verse about the Macedonians giving money. But it is in the Word of God, and I want to just take it today, and, and mind you, in my mind today, you're the Macedonians, all right? So in the ways I'm preaching this, I'm thinking, this church, Oak Grove Assembly's done that. All right, so let's look at this a little bit. I'm going to read out of the King James, because in the Southern Missouri District, you don't get shot if you read out of the King James. But there are some churches where they will get you if you read out of anything else. All right, so, but not here, I'm sure. All right, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit. In that King James right there. How many times last week did y'all use the word wit? <laughs> but we understand. We want you to know of the grace of God bestowed on the church of Macedonia. How that a great trial of affliction, get that, how that in a great trial of affliction, we understand there were there was uh, uh, famines and there had been some droughts going through there all right, during this time. So how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded into the riches of their liberality. All right, man, that's just, he said they're in affliction, and yet they got abundant joy. Oh, how can you have that? Because, because Jesus is the source of our joy. And so, and then that, those two things, their poverty, great poverty. Oh, I hope, maybe, maybe you're not Macedonia. I hope you're not in great poverty today. All right, but. But let's go on. We understand what he's saying here, that it, it was hard for them, but yet they kept going. And then this is what they done. For to their power, and that's also translated ability in many places, to their power or ability, I bear record, yea, beyond their ability, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take it upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And they did this, or and this they did, let me get my King, King James there, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. And we go on and finish reading that, we understand. They had an offering. They wanted to give an offering. And in verse 3 it says, to their ability and yet beyond their ability, they gave willingly. Their ability, now ability by their giving by their ability is budgeted giving. They they knew what they could do. How many of you ever gave a budget? I've done that before. I've done that before. Matter of fact, uh, years ago we were having a, a faith promise thing, and I love faith promises because faith promises is not budgeted giving. Faith promises is where it says and beyond their ability. Whenever how can you give beyond your ability? To give beyond your ability is supernatural if the Lord tells you to give, and you do, and then you're able to make that bill because it's beyond your ability. Uh, when Babs and I were pastoring at Pete, Pete, uh, I said Peace Chapel, Lord, at Pleasant View, the P got me going there, at Pleasant View Assembly where we pastored after Peace Chapel, and we were only music directors at Peace Chapel, so it wasn't really pastoring. But we, 
we had a faith promise service coming up at our church. And I passed out faith promise cards. I got one right here. I love faith promise cards, you know. And, uh, and so here's one. And we passed out faith promise cards. And as we passed out the faith promise cards, I'd give them out the week before. And I said, listen, put this on your refrigerator. Put this week out. I want you to pray about Because if you can just get people to pray about money, God's money is always taken care of. If they'll just pray, you know. I said, pray, please. Because we're going to be taking up faith promise next Sunday. And whatever God whispers in your spirit, he may shout, but whatever he says, would you just give that God will be able to supply it. Now, I told them, a faith promise is where you know that there's really, this is not in your ability to give. But if God gives you the money, you will give it to the church or to this, our faith promise thing. And then, and we'll, all needs will be met. So that week I was at the church and I got down on the altar because we had a big rectangle church and it was a 40 by 80 and I was on the altar down here and I had the music pumping. I was the only one at the church that day and I had the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir singing a wonderful song, man. I don't have a lot of rhythm, a lot of soul, but I borrow it from other people as much as I can. And they were, if every deacon would have been there with me, the one thing they would have said was turn that down, turn that down. That's too loud. All right. But I had it up because I was the only one there, me and the angels and the Holy Ghost and we were having a wonderful time. All right. And I got down and I was praying and I, I even had my prayer, my faith promise card. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to give Sunday? Cause I believe, man, if I'm the pastor, I need to do it right. What do you want me to give Sunday, Lord? And then I said, I could give 50 or $60 a month. That's what we got. That's budget given. I knew in my heart that stretching it just a little bit. 60 is really going to be out there because we were getting $350 a week. And we had to pay our tithes and taxes out of that. And I knew what we had. And I said, Lord, whatever you want, 50 or $60, God, which one? Pick. It's up to you. Just, I'm so generous, God. I may have even done this at the altar, whichever one, Lord. Because I really, I wanted, I wanted to pray about it. I did not expect God to speak to me. And still today, I, I, am, I, I, I believe it was the Lord, but I cannot say. Because something inside of me, kind of deep, I don't know where it felt like he said, give $5,000. I was asking for monthly support. I was saying 50 or 60. I didn't know how much a month 5,000 is. I've, I've divided it out since then. It's over $400 a month. And I knew, and I just thought, I was like, <laughs> I laughed because, you know, like Sarah laughed, you know, you're 99 and God says you have a baby. He said, <laughs> and so I laughed because that was about as much I'm going to be able to get $5,000. And I said, no, no, 50 or 60. And I thought, oh, where did that come from? It's not the pizza because I hadn't had lunch yet. Uh, what is that? And I and I and I tried to pray about it and I thought about it and I couldn't get away from it. But I thought I'll leave it alone. And then I thought, oh, every good man knows to ask his wife, and every husband knows that his wife don't want to spend a whole lot of money she don't have, right? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes, anyway. So. And I thought, here's what I'll do. I'll go home, and I'll ask Babs. And whatever she says, do. Because you know there's that verse that says one can put a 1,000 to flight, and two can put 10,000. By that, by that logistics, three can put 100,000 for a million. I mean, we can, we can get up there quick. And I just thought, ah, because there's a chance. My wife's from Louisiana. I'm, she shows her love to me by cooking me meals. And you see, she loves me abundantly, right? And I, in my mind, I thought I'll walk into the house, which is our kitchen, and she'll be standing there at that sink, and she'll be looking out that way. And in my mind, it's possible a tear will run down her face 
And I will say, Babs, I want to talk to you about the faith promise this week. And in my mind, it's possible she would say, me too. I think God wants us to give 5000 If she does that, I'm going to know, oh, my goodness, this is God. And so I took that faith promise home. I did. I took the piece of paper home. I walked through the door. She's standing at the sink. No tears. And I said, hey, darling. She goes, sweetheart, how you doing? I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I, and I walked in and I said, hey, I want to talk to you about the faith promise. And she dried her hand. And she says, okay, yeah, I was thinking about that. I think we could give 50 or $60 a month. I said, me too. And then I told her, but I was praying, and I think, and I tell this story with her permission, all right, I think the Lord wants us to give $5,000. And she said, are you crazy? And I'm like, no, the tests say no, you know. And and she said, okay, come here, baby, come here. She goes, look at that. She put her finger, she goes, you see where it says signature right there? I said, yeah, yeah. She said, if you write $5,000 on this thing, you put Terry Castleberry. Don't put Terry and Barbara, because this is between you and God. And that let me know what I wanted to know. The answer was no, and I was just out of the box, and I didn't need to worry about it. I didn't think about it again to Sunday morning. I'm standing up in front of the church taking the faith promises. I have never felt the Lord so strong. Honest to goodness, Pastor, it, I have not felt him that strong in, in I don't know, I just I, he was on me that day, a different kind of on me, all right? And I was up there on this side of the church, and I was holding that faith promise, and I said, whatever God tells you to give, just write it down. And on the inside, on the inside, there was something screaming, you liar, you liar, you liar. And never, never in my life, not before then and not since then, have I ever preached something I was not living? Do you understand? I'd preach something else if I had to, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I, I try to live what I preach, right? And I, I, I try to make sure if I'm, I'm telling the truth and I want this pulpit to be, I honor the pulpit and I want it to be words coming out of here pleasing to God, right? And so I never, but that day, the Holy Ghost was just doing flips inside of me saying, you're lying. You're not willing to do. And it was so hard on the right-hand side of the church. I moved over to this side of the pulpit. We talked to these people for a little while. Maybe the conviction would not be so bad over here. And as I stood here, it was still just as strong. And then I stepped back. And the church, you know, they were praying. They were thinking about it. Music was playing. And I took a deep breath, and I thought, oh, my goodness. This is really real. And, and, and I thought to myself, oh, wait. This is where the joy comes from the Lord. I thought, this is a faith promise. I know I don't have this money. I don't. And if God don't give it to me, I can't give it. But if he does, I'll give it. I, I had such a peace in my heart. I, all the turmoil went away. I said, oh, I'll do it. I will commit to $5,000. And then, because this is beyond, I could have, I could have easily gave the 50 or 60. Well, not easy. I'd have probably, honest to goodness, if I'd have chose 50 or 60, I bet you I'd have struggled all year long just to make 50 or 60 dollar payments, all right? But I chose, I said, I'll do it. I told the church secretary, don't you say a word to nobody about who promised what. I said, because it's all faith promises, you know, and we're just going to do that. And she laughed, and, and later, I'm sure when she saw mine, she realized why I was telling her not to say nothing to nobody. And the first month was just uh, uh, $50. And I think the second month was 60 The third month, we got our tax return back, and I, I told Babs, I said, it was $1,200. I said, what are we going to do with that? And she said, well, I thought we'd get furniture. 
And I said, don't you think we should let the kids quit using the bathroom on the furniture we have, the old used stuff we're using right now? How many of y'all got a piece of furniture off the side of the road? I've done it, and that's what I like to use when my kids are potty training, all right? And so I said, don't, don't you think we should, you think we'll get this? She goes, no, no, that's good. I said, I said, we really didn't know we was getting this money. Do you think we give it on that missions class? She goes, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And all of a sudden, I'm like, woohoo! this is good. God, I could stop right now and feel like I've done better than I thought I would, you know? And uh, the next month was like 50. The next month, we sold, had sold a used car and bought and got a new used car. And so we got about 12 over that. And so, man, somewhere around there, I was sitting about $2,300. And, and I had another, no other money. But then a lady in church came up to me, and she said, Brother Terry, Aunt Ruth died, and she don't have a pastor, she have a church. Would you do her funeral? I said, yes, I will. Now, what I wanted to say was, no, I don't know your Aunt Ruth, and I hate doing funerals, but I'll do it, you know, because I'm a preacher, and that's what we're expected to do. But I, 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 I don't even like reading obituary, because normally you say the word Smith, and then they come up after church, they said, you pronounced that wrong, it's Smith. You know, and you're just like, you can't please nobody nowadays, even if they're dead. And so I just, but, but. I said, yeah, all that's going through me. And I said, yes. And, and then I preached that funeral and the, the funeral home gave me like, like $50. And I like, oh, I'll put this on my pledge, you know? And they, and because with me, between 18 and 22 minutes, if I'm preaching a funeral, I can get you from here. If I know you're a child of God, I can get you from here through that big gate of pearl and standing before God the Father and the Son, I can do that in 18 to 22 minutes. Even though my theology may be a little twisted because I know that right now, well, I'm not going to talk about where the dead are right now, but we, you know, it's a wonderful thing we study and it's in our basic theology. All right, but and if you want to know about that, talk to the pastor. He'll do it on Wednesday night. All right, but if I don't know you were saved, I can get you right outside the gate and I'll leave you there to depend on whatever, whoever figures out. And the funeral home asked me, they said, Brother Terry, would you be willing to go on our list of ministers to preach? For I said, yes, put me down. And church, people started dying like flies in Farmington, Missouri. It was a plague. I'm surprised it's not in the news. I, I did funerals left and right. I got $50, $100. Now, the truth of the matter is the Lord just opened up the doors, and I started doing a lot of funerals. I hope all of them were tithe-paying people, but you never know. Maybe you should pay your tithes. <laughs> anyway, so in my in 11 months, that $5,000 was taken care of, and God taught me a wonderful lesson about giving beyond your abilities. And your church gave beyond their abilities, and it just worked out so good. And because of that, uh, I want to tell you a few things. Because of that, while we were in Belize, we were able, in 2012, we got 30 acres of land donated, uh, and this is another miracle, but donated by a lady in Taiwan, and, and it's on the road front, and it's wonderful property, and we didn't have a campground, and, and I looked at the Bible school because they'd always have their, their people at the, the kids' camp and the youth camp at Bible school, and, and we had 58 beds, bunk beds, which means we could sleep about 116 kids, but we had 300 kids there for that. And they would put mats on the floor, and they would sleep on the floor. And, and I had pictures of that, and I went to the executive committee, and I said, look at this. We got kids sleeping on the floor, and we got three kids in a bunk bed, or, you know, like that. And each son, like three on one side and three on the other, you know, like six all, all total. I said, we're just not good like that. We need to, every kid needs to have their own bed. 
And they, they was like, we will, but we just don't have the money for that now. And so we went on and on. And when the lady donated the land and the Lord opened it up, and then and we said, you know what? I think we can do this. We started working towards building the campground. We got the provisional title. We started working on it. We started building the dining hall and then started building dorms. The uh, Tennessee district started building six wooden dorms out there. And then then with me and the other Southern Missouri district and other people, we had teams, and we built a whole bunch of concrete dorms down there. And just this last year, they had 500 youth at the Spanish Youth Convention at the Assemblies of God campgrounds because you gave, because you supported. They're not sleeping on the floors no more. Everybody's got a bed, and they're able to go there. And for a little bit of their life, they're able to step onto that campus. And the, the toils of this life and the troubles they're going through fall away. And God is calling kids to salvation, and he's filling them full of the Holy Spirit. And some of them are getting called into the ministry because you gave. Not only that, because you gave, there was a little girl that came to school in 2003. Her name is Marisol Garcia. And she walked up in that school, and she had never been, but she had been saved two years before. And Marisol started going to class. And Marisol spoke English and Spanish. And so I taught in English. So other people spoke and being taught in Spanish. And, um, and so she was on my side because she liked the English side of the track. We had Spanish track, English track. And so I, I was able to pour into Marisol, and she took all kind of theology classes, and she started pastoring a church long before we would have ever given her a church in the United States. I promise you that. And, and she started just, that church started growing, and she was doing good. And one day she's in homiletics class, and, and, and she's preaching in the chapel, and I'm sitting there with my little paper, and I'm sort of helping her out. I'm going to make notes on this and grade her for this sermon today. And while she's preaching, she says, and Jesus looked up to Zacchaeus, and he said, Zacchaeus, come out of that tree. And she leaned into the pulpit, and she goes, he came out of that tree like a ripe mango. Now, think about that. How many of you got a mango tree in your yard, and how do you know what a ripe mango does when it gets done? None of us. And when she said that, I took a breath. I felt the Lord. I said, because she's reaching her people with illustrations that they all understand. All the kids laugh because you know, do you know, do you know, let's take a little side thing here. Do you know that more people die of getting hit in the head with a coconut than they do shark attacks across the world every year? Did you know that? Coconut trees are deadly. It, all right, I'm just telling you. They hit people, they kill. Mangoes, not so much because, in, 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 in Belize especially, the mangoes will get about this big around. They're, they're going to weigh four to five pounds, a big one, at the top of the tree. Because I promise you, the ones that let go because they're ripe, she said, come out of that tree like a ripe mango, is because the little boys and girls couldn't climb up that high and get them. And so when they get up that high, they get real heavy, they start getting ripe, they come out and they will hit you, and then it's like a water balloon. It all over you. You gotta go wash everything because it's got enzymes in it, and it'll stain your clothes if you don't get it out quick. And when she said that, everybody laughed because they've all seen people hit by a ripe mango. And I sat there, and I just knew the Holy Spirit whispered to me, and he said, you trained her. In that verse in in 2 Timothy 2.2, the things that you've heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou, teach thou to other people who shall be able to teach others also. And that's what we've done. We got the word of God. We taught it to people like Marisol, and then she's teaching other people. And not only later, she had two churches. She was pastoring one in the morning, and then she'd get on a bus and go about a mile, I mean, an hour away, and then preach at another one. And, And she was pastoring too. Because you gave, people like Marisol came into the ministry. And then this little boy named Wilmer, an illegal alien, come from Honduras to Belize. And uh, 
started going to Bible school. And, uh, and Wilmer just kept studying and studying. Finally, he married Paula, which is actually Paula. But the way they do it in Spanish, they do the A and the U, Paula. And he married Paula, and she was a Belizean, so he got his, uh, you know, he got there legal, and, and, and he starts pastoring church, Mount Calvary Assembly, uh, in Spanish. And, and so, and as he's preaching, he just keeps, the church keeps growing, and it just keeps doing wonderful. And pretty soon, they make him the assistant superintendent of the Assemblies of God. Because, but I remember when I met him, he walked up to Babs and I at Carmelita Assembly, and he looked at me, and he looked down, and he looked there, and he was he, at that time not a married man. He looked down, and he goes, I want to go to Bible school, but I have no money. And I said, are you willing to work about 12 to 15 hours a week? He goes, yeah, I'll work 50. I said, no, because remember college work study? Remember we had college work study? Because you gave, I had about $500 a month that instead of just giving it to the Bible school, I could support a student with college, you know, like he could work. And I could get the grass cut, the building painted, rooms clean. I could get a whole lot of work out of the, that money, and yet it went to the Bible school to support the Bible school. And so it was just made sense to me not just to give it straight to the Bible school, but to funnel it through some scholarships and stuff. And while it was working, and he went there, he graduated, and then became the assistant superintendent. I mean, just wonderful, wonderful. I also had a little skinny guy come walking into the office. Now, I'm a big guy, all right? I was out on the parking lot standing there, and this little guy come walking up. And normally when they come in off the road and they come straight at you there, they're wanting something. They're wanting money or something. <clears throat> and you people have been robbed before. But I looked at him and I thought, ah, if I sit on him, I got him. Hey, this ain't this little boy ain't gonna get away from nothing. He's as tall as me, but not not big as nothing. All right. And I said, Hello, my name's Terry Casper. He said, Hello, my name is Carlos Cartagena. I said, Hello, Carlos Cartagena. What can I do for you? And I had sort of had my my hackles up a little bit, and he said, uh, uh, I don't even know if you know what a hackle is, but you'll figure it out. And, uh, and, 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 and he said, I used to go to Bible school here. Two years ago I went to Bible school here, but I had to quit. Then I calmed down a little bit, and I said, tell me your story. And he started telling me, and, and he said he would love to come back. And I said, you know what, Carlos, we could do that. That's the thing. If you're willing to work about 10 to 12 hours a week, I can, we can get you back here to Bible school. You can stay here. You can get your meals here, and, and then, you know, and you can preach. And, and, uh, and so he did. And Carlos also, they took him. They took him and put him, and I'm, the names of these towns are crazy, Duck Run 3, all right? Because there's a Duck Run 2 and a Duck Run 1, but they put him out at Duck Run 3, and, and that church had eight people, and next thing you know, Carlos is running 80, and it's wonderful. And then he, he pulled out of there, and they sent him to Las Flores, the flowers, and there his church just started booming. And it was good because it's Carlos, because he prays, because he's a man of God. Because he's a good guy. Not only that, Carlos, um, he told me, he said, give me one of those computers from the Bible. We got a bunch of computers from Southwestern. He said, I need one of those computers. I said, I'm sorry, Carlos. I said, you have, I can't just give it to you. He said, what do I have to do? I said, you have to name your child after me. <laughs> I was joking. I didn't know she was about to give birth. I kind of did. And so whatever they, she gave birth within like a month, he told me, come over and bring my camera because he wanted pictures of the baby. And, you know, we could do that. And uh, he told me this is, Babs, could you help me with his name? It was something Lane Cartagena. Who? Jonathan Lane. He goes, your name is Lane. I said, yes. He goes, give me my computer. <laughs> I went back and got the best one I could. I pulled that thing up. I gave it to him. Carlos started, he downloaded all kind of uh, illegal software and, and started doing PowerPoints. And next thing I know, he's, he's teaching for us on the Spanish side. 
and he is doing PowerPoints, and everybody wants to go to Carlos's class. And now he goes out to the island, because I do a class out on the island, and he'd go out there. He would teach that class at 7 to 9 in the evening, and then sleep on the pastor's couch, and then get on the water taxi and come back in the morning. The Bible school pay for the water taxi trip. The pastor fed him while he's out there. He's wonderful. And because you gave, people like Carlos Cartagena is willing to sleep on a couch and teach a class on the Holy Spirit. And the church grew and it went wonderful because you gave. I just cannot tell you. I wish all of I mean, there's so many more stories. There's stories I don't even know what time it is. You don't have a clock nowhere. Oh, I see one, 1104. All right. My goodness, we don't get out to 12, do we? Woo! I got another 59 minutes. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm heading downhill for you can tell it or not. All right. So, Carlos, wonderful, wonderful. And, and I can't, I have, I'll have to come back and tell you the whole story about Felix Mejia. Because you tire here about unreached people groups. And, and Felix was a student at the Bible school and he was a black man, but he spoke Spanish, which in Belize is kind of odd. The black people speak English and the Latin people speak Spanish. And so, Felix is there, and he speaks some English. It's very broken. His English is not as good as my Spanish, so normally we just sort of work both ways, you know. And uh, one day, I'm walking across the parking lot. Felix is standing up there talking to a lady, and he said the word, Bungaloo Abungu. Now, I know English and Spanish, and I said, Felix, what language are you speaking? Because it was, it was, it just sounded African, you know. And he puts his hand on his chest. And he looks down. He goes, Brother Terry, Felix loves me. Felix loves my wife. I, I think he may have named one of his kids after me, too. Oh, Kelsey said yes. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you, uh, the people that love you will name their kids after you. All right, so if you don't have nobody named after you, you better work a little harder. All right, so anyway, but Felix, he loves me, and he always looks me in the eyes, Pastor. He looks me in the eyes, but he stopped. And very uncharacteristically, he looked down. He put his hand, he looked down, and he goes, I am Gurinagoo. I said, Felix, look at me. What is Gurinagoo? Had I known, had I known there was an unreached people group in Belize down on the southern part, down in Dangriga, that got run out of the main cities and pushed down to the southern part, and it land, and it's the it's the Africans who were out in the islands in the 17 and 1800s in the Caribbean. They they stole ships. They killed people. They got on these ships. They sailed west. They hit the land of uh, Central America from Belize, the top of the bottom of Belize, down to Costa Rica. And they just moved into the woods there, the jungles there, and they started living. All right, and that's called the Garinagoo. They speak Garifuna as a language. Had I known they were there and that they were an unreached people group, I think I might have gone that way. I might have studied Garinagoo. And and but the Lord didn't want that because He sent me Felix. And I'm talking to Felix, and I said. Felix, and we start talking, and, and, and he's just getting started. And then after about the second semester of Bible school, he starts a Bible study in Dangriga, and his Bible studies run in 25 and 30, whereas the independent Baptists, and I, and I love them, but they had been there ministering among the Gurinagu for 25 years, and there was a newspaper article about them pulling out because they said, we've, we've poured money and time and energy into this group of people. And they said in the article, newspaper, I said, we're not saying they are unreachable. We're just saying not for us, not now. We've worked for 25 years and we don't have, we have one lady we think could be a convert, but we're not sure. That's in the newspaper article. I thought, wouldn't that be funny to be that lady reading that article? Saying, they don't know me. I, but anyway, so 
Felix has got 25 people in his church, in his Bible study. Because you gave, we were able to build a church for Felix. Because you gave, and it took a lot of sweat, but I'm not joking. This, this happened over about a two-year period. Because you gave, churches come down from southern Missouri, and they helped us build a Gurinagu church. And that church, Felix, has started reaching out to touch another Gurinagu or people out in Hopkins and, and other towns down through there. And, and I asked Felix, I said, Felix, how can you have a church? And the other people had such a hard time. And he looked at me, he goes, Brother Terry, it's the Holy Ghost. I said, okay, I understand that, but explain that more to me because I'm dense and I need to be told. He said, our people, he said, we are, we are deep, we are deep in witchcraft and, and spiritualism and, and, and letting spirits take over our body and speaking to the dead. You know, they do that a lot. They do that. Let grandma, if they have a dream about grandma, you know, he said, you have to be filled with the Holy Ghost in order to have victory among our people. He said, and when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, people see that and they want a part of that and then they want out of that, that bondage they're in. And because you gave, there is a church among the Gurinagas. Matter of fact, it's La Rungunga Assemblies of God. And the name La Rungunga means, all right, it's kind of hard, but when it's dark outside, it's nighttime and it's dark, and the lightning flashes, it's that period of time, we don't have a word for it in English, period of time in the darkness that you can see because of the light. And so maybe Clarity Assemblies of God, but who wants to name their church Clarity Assemblies? So La Rungunga sounds better, but uh, but but it's that Light in the darkness is the best three words we get. Light in the darkness, Assemblies of God Church. And it's reaching the lost, and it started growing. The Spanish church got kind of upset because they said, they got more people than we do. And I said, have an event. Get it, start saving souls because they're winning people to the lost, you know, from the lost. But that could not have happened. Felix would not have been there if we hadn't have been there. And mind you, I don't understand. God can make a way, but... We were the way God chose to train Felix. We were the way God chose to train Wilmer and Mari Souls. And there's so many more, but I could not have gone. Our family, I was happy to raise my family in beliefs. Y'all hear that? I was happy. My kids, one of my kids said one time, I forget which one it was. <laughs> they said, I was sad when I realized I was going to have children. I wouldn't be able to raise them on the mission field. Uh, and so... That was my big prayer the night the Lord said go. That was my big prayer. God, what about the kids? Will you watch over the kids? And I knew I was going, but I need to make sure my kids are all right. My wife was all right. I figured she, she can whoop a bear if she needs to. So she's going to be all right, but I need to pray for my kids, right? And that they would have felt like that their kids, that they had a rich life and they wanted to be able to pass something like that on to their children. That was wonderful. So because you gave, we got to go. And because we got to go, other people were blessed. And still today, I'm telling you, across the Caribbean, we are ministering and teaching people. Some of it's by Zoom. Like Jamaica, they only want Zoom classes. That's not my favorite. I don't want to teach by Zoom. I'd rather go. But I can go to Jamaica and have six students, or I can teach by Zoom in Jamaica and have 24. And so I, it's 24 is the number. But other countries, they said, we are sick of Zoom. We want you coming. And, and, and so I just got to teach in Guyana which is in South America, not Africa. And so Guyana's down there. I got to teach there this past year. And uh, and I'm, I've been teaching wonderful classes that I really love. And whenever I'm in there teaching, the, the power of God is there. 
And it would not be possible had you not given. So today, I'm going to stand here. I hope you can see this. I don't know. Behind me, see however many missionaries are out there on that wall, because I saw that wall back over there with all your missionaries. All of us standing up here and me just being able to be a spokesman to say thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for your prayers. I passed out some prayer cards, but I've got a bunch of, I got enough prayer cards for everybody in here if you want one, all right? And, and I want you to pray for us. I, I have found out with all of my heart, money's not the problem when prayer is an option, all right? Because whenever God wants to do something, he, he supplies it, all right? And so, but I need prayer on that. So if you'll help us pray, the Lord will make a way. And I go all over Belize and Central America and, and, and uh, coastal South America, uh, all over the West Indies. We, we travel that. We teach and we preach. But today, Pastor mentioned that there might be people here whose heart's not right with the Lord. And to me, that's just hard to believe, but I understand it because I got family, not this that are here, but other family that their heart's not right with the Lord. They died today. I believe they would go to hell. Uh, but they live in the United States where the gospel is so full and free and easy. Maybe that's part of the problem is this, that we're not having to pray in every meal. Maybe if we had to pray in every meal, we'd all pray, you know. But I'll leave that between you and the Lord. What I will say is your life, if you're not right with God, will be so much better if you accept him as your Savior. If you take him as Lord and say, ah, I've had you as fire insurance, but now I want you as boss, you know. And so a lot of us just want to be able to not go to hell, but we don't do what God says do. And so that's we need to move a little deeper in that. Got to move a little deeper. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need it. You need it. You need it. You say, do I need to get to heaven? No. But you need it here on earth. You need it to go to Walmart, all right? Because God will make a way. There will be things that will be so wonderful whenever you open up that part of your life. And so today I encourage you, please, move closer to God. Would you stand with me this morning and let us pray? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, musicians, for coming back. You're here today. You, would you bow your heads with me? You're here today. You say, Brother Terry, thank you for your testimony. Thank you for the financial update. But church, I don't want you to leave here just thinking this has been a financial update. I want you to leave here today knowing. There is a God, and he is involved in people's lives. You say, Brother Terry, I want God involved in my life. Up to this point, I haven't done the way I should, or I've prayed a little bit, but I've not made him Lord. Or perhaps you're here today, you say, Brother Terry, I just want to accept Jesus again as my Savior. I want to rededicate my life, or for the first time, I want to really make this happen. Today's your day. Heaven will rejoice. People that love you in this church are going to rejoice. And here's what I do this altar call. I'm just going to say, step out from where you are and move down to the front. Pastor will be there to meet you. I'll pray with you. Others who love you will come, and they'll join you, and we'll pray together. Is there anybody here today you say, Brother Terry, I want to I wanna come back. I want to make it better. Step out from where you are and move down. Step, just step, simply step out from where you are and move down. God will meet you here. There's just something about coming forward. You just feel it. You know it. Coming towards where the word was ministered. Coming forward. That's why we have altars in the front. Father, today in Jesus' name, this is your church, God. Wonderful, wonderful, blessed church, God. This church has been faithful to us. You know it, God. Father, so today touch this church. Make them, make them your children, God. All of them. Obedient children in Jesus' name, Lord, today.
Amen. 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 Anybody else? You say, Brother Terry, today, I just want to be prayed for. My body, I need direction. I need healing. I need a touch from God. Step out from where you are and move down. We will be able to pray with you over any need, whatever it might be. Pastor has the oil waiting, and we are ready. Anybody say, I have a need from the Lord today. I just want to come down for special prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's very good. Good to see such healed, well, wonderful people.